What's going on, folks? Thanks for joining us for another episode. Got Elliot with me, and we are ready to jump into it. And first off, before we get into it, let's get a quick word from our partners. And then we got some good stuff going on today. So we'll jump right into the podcast. Uh, first off, like to give a big thanks out to HTR Innovations. Uh, guys, if you haven't checked out the gun stand for HTR Innovations, that is probably um, one of my favorite products. Uh, perfect for hunting in the marsh, river, anywhere um, that has water where you're hiding cattails. And you can stick that in the mud, have your gun on it. Um, and this year as well, added accessory clips where you can clip on your blind bag and clip on your game strap. I'm a huge fan of clipping on the game strap, um, especially if you don't have one pre-existing. It's just something you can clip right onto it and hang all your birds right on your gun stand as well. Um, and, you know, keeping those out of the water is just pretty swell as well. Uh, obviously, the main feature is keeping, keeping the gun out of the water, um, you know, keeping that cycling and keeping the grid out of it and all that stuff. But definitely check out HTR and all their product lines, htrinnovations.com, and use code DUCKGUN10 for 10% off and free shipping on the website. Okay, guys, I got this new high-powered little pup named Georgie from Flatlander Kennels, and she is going on her first hunt in teal season in September, and I am so thankful that I have a gunner kennel to ride her around, and I used to just use those cheapy plastic things from Walmart. I'll tell you, if I'm ever in a wreck and I've got her in that gunner kennel strapped in, she is going to be safe. These things are made in the USA. They're double-walled double molded molded five star crash test and they are absolutely perfect for keeping your dog safe if you've got that hunting dog that you've put all that time and energy and effort into it is worth it to get one of these gunner kennels to make sure that that dog is safe you can get 10 percent off with the code duck gun no space uh, awesome um, also, we'd like to give a big thanks out to our partners over at Bandit Avery Greenhead Gear. Um, definitely super cool partners to have for the podcast, and they make some great deck hunting gear pretty much all across the board. Um, and I'll say, you know, I got the Elite Banded 2.0 waders, and I've been using them for fly fishing here, and I'm loving them. So, you know, breathable waders, once you go to those, you'll never do neoprene again. I think we said all the time. Um, and it's true though. <laughs> Just I dread if I ever um, go under on a hunt or something, and I have my backup pair as my neoprene ones. I'm, I'm dreading that day of having to wear them again after going to breathable. So um, definitely check that out as as far as they're. I mean, they just have everything you can think of um, for duck hunting. Um, but yeah, check out. All Did you have a problem with your butt going numb in neoprene waders? Butt going numb. Yeah, in neoprene waders, my butt would always go numb. I hate it, and it never happens in the uh, um, breathable. <laughs> numb you just, just need your butt to breathe. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I can't say I've had that problem. I guess I've had all parts well, of my body go numb when it's cold enough, but um, yeah. Anyways, <laughs> moving on. Uh, so, yeah, check out everything they got going on, banded.com. Um, and, yeah, I think let's go ahead. Well, before that, I want to say thanks to all of our listeners, followers of the podcast. You know, we're coming coming around the corner um, right here, coming into July. 
and really seeing um, a lot of you that disappear off um, at the end of season when you get, I guess you guys get sick of duck hunting or something. That's not something that ails me, but uh, um, <laughs> seeing a lot of the friendly faces come back around. Um, so it's a joy to see you guys coming back, listening to the podcast, hearing from you guys across all our social media, Instagram, Fellowship of the Duck Gun. So um, here comes July, and then after that, it's just like a, uh, a big shot right into duck season. So let's go for it. All righty, let's jump on into the podcast. Hey guys, I'm Jordan Fromer. I believe in hunting hard, hunting smart, and having a fun time while doing it. And shooting limits? Well, that's just the icing on the cake. I revel in the journey just as much as the successes it brings. From ducks to dogs to decoys and guns, we'll be talking tactics, strategies, and what it takes to get the job done. Load up and take aim. This is the Duck Gun Podcast. What's going on, folks? Thanks for joining me on another episode of the Duck Gun Podcast. I'm Jordan from Duck Gun Chronicles. Got my co-host alongside me, Elliot Graybeard. How you doing tonight, Elliot? I'm doing great. We just was our double header this evening, second podcast, and I'm excited, ready to go. Talk to Chase and Green and see what they've been doing, and that, that's a successful YouTube channel for as as young as it is. Oh yeah. So our guest tonight um, is Jake from Chasing Green. So how you doing tonight, Jake? Pretty good, man. How about y'all? Doing great. Thanks for thanks for coming on. So, uh, you know, I reached out to you sometime this year. I can't remember when. It's been a little while, and it, uh, you know, back and forth trying to get this podcast to happen. I think it was mostly my fault um, for it not happening sooner. But <laughs> glad we finally got our uh, schedules to line up, and we got you on here. Me too, man. I sure appreciate y'all having me on, and glad we could finally link up. Awesome. Glad to hear it, and we're definitely uh, excited to talk about um, everything you got going on and hunt, hunting in Arkansas, and and yeah. So go ahead, let's you know, let's kick this thing off by, uh, um, you know, go ahead and let people the people know, you know, who you are, what you got going on, and um, all that stuff. Well, my name is Jake Maxwell. I'm with Chasing Green. Me and my partner Glenn Adams. We kind of started it uh, three years ago, I think, three seasons, and. We've just been chasing ducks, trying to grow, and I guess doing what we always did, but filming it now. So awesome! Yeah, definitely, uh, definitely cool. Uh, I know I, I started seeing kind of your channel pop up. Um, I think the first time I was kind of seeing that was last year. Um, but yeah, and then this this year I really took the the dive in, and I think I watched um, unless I missed one, but I think I watched the whole season all the way through. So. <laughs> Uh, definitely, sure appreciate it, man. definitely. You got some, you know, good, good content. It's cool seeing uh, um, somebody from Arkansas putting out um, these kind of homegrown, real hunting videos. We sure appreciate it, man. It, it was some hard work, but you know, hopefully, the end result is worth it. So, awesome. Yeah, it, it definitely. I think it definitely is. So, I know for me. Um, at least, you know, all things aside, it's really cool to um, see kind of like it's uh, Elliot and I have talked about this a lot, you know, but like it's almost like a journal. You can go back and look at it and um, and just memories. I mean, three years from now or four years or five, however many years, you know, it's going to be so cool to go back and have that backlog and see 
those hunts and be like, oh yeah, I forgot about that. And that's, you know, it's definitely really cool. Yeah. Me and Glenn talk about that all the time too. It's kind of, I mean, we don't even keep journals anymore because our video, you know, is pretty much our journal, but it's, it's so much better than pictures or writing it down. It's, you know, something you can always go back and look at. I always wish I could have went back and seen my dad's stuff and Mm -hmm. everything they were doing. And now hopefully, you know, we'll have this forever. So it's, it's even if, we wasn't doing YouTube. It's still cool just to have. Yep. Now, I definitely agree on that too. And that's something I've mentioned too. Same, same thing. I, I mean, I'd give anything to, to see like, um, what it was like when my grandpa hunted and all that. And, uh, he was a big time hunter and did a lot of, uh, cool things. So, um, it just been really cool to see he chased upland, you know, and, and he had all these dogs. He'd tell me stories about, um, so yeah, same thing on that. It's like someday it's like, um, somebody like it's going to be weird that your kids can go back and see so much of your hunting, <laughs> you know, if they wanted to, you know, uh, all yeah, those videos yeah. out there. So yeah, definitely cool on that. Um, <laughs> and then Elliot, he moved, he moved the second question and he wants to know if you've ever crapped your pants. <laughs> no, not that I can recall. <laughs> if I did, um, I don't remember. So <laughs> <laughs> well, it must be a while because Jordan can tell you the exact time in which he crapped his pants. It's been a very recent. On a serious note, Jordan trying to derail, derail us with kindergarten humor. Okay. Uh, on a serious note, I'm curious, how, how did you guys, so you and your buddy um, started filming, what, what caused you to do that? I mean, um, is this something you decided together and what was your goal um, when you decided to jump into it? Well, honestly, we've always kind of wanted to do it um, ever since we met each other, which was over a decade ago. So I've always wanted to do it since I was watching the shows I've watched as a kid, Primo's documentary. It was just something we always wanted to do. And so we just seen that opportunity present itself with the YouTube, which was kind of just blowing up when we first got started. Uh, we seen what was going on in other industries like the fishing industry and decided this would be uh, the best route for us to kind of pursue what we always wanted to. So that's, uh, that's kind of how we got into it. We just decided to go for it. And our goal was just to, to grow it and hopefully make a living doing what we love and kind of teach people, what not to do most of the time, but maybe every once in a while, what to do. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, no, that's, you know, that's what it's all about. I think, you know, there's the real niche kind of in the YouTube thing and it's, um, that it's real, you know, so it's, it's not all sunshine, sunshine to daisies like you see on, um, on some of the very high produced, high end, you know, big production companies. You know what I'm talking about. Um, oh, exactly, man. Where it's, they have seven yeah. episodes and it's like their seven best hunts, which are just way different than real everyday hunting. Yeah. YouTube's really kind of just taking over the whole industry, in my opinion. I can't even go back and watch those shows like like you're talking about anymore. It's yeah. not the same. Um, it's a perfect opportunity, though, for people like us that are just trying to get their hunts out there and and uh, just 
kind of get involved in the community. That's another good thing about YouTube is, you know, it's, it, it helps you build a good community with your fans and, and with other duck hunters and helps you meet new people. And that really wasn't the case, you know, back in the day when they just had the outdoor channel and stuff. Yeah. So, uh, one thing I love about you guys' videos is that you really, really want to let the birds work. And that's, I think that very, well, not nearly as many people do that as I wish would do it, where it's like, you know, a, bird, a group swings through, you don't have to pull the trigger the first time at 30 yards, you know, and you guys really make a point to want to work them and get them down in. And, and that's so refreshing to see. Well, I'm glad it kind of comes through because that's a big deal to us. I mean, we like, that's what we consider duck hunting. I mean, our whole deal is to land big groups and, and have them in your face. And I mean, if we wanted to pass shoot, we would hunt doves and shoot skeets. I mean, we like, we like duck hunting and that's what we call duck hunting. And, and it is kind of missing out there right now, it seems, but that's another good thing about YouTube. You get the opportunity to maybe teach guys who don't get the opportunity to hunt with veterans and who are shooting those pass shots and, not that we never have or don't on some hard days, but we definitely are about landing ducks on the water because that's how we grew up doing it. That's how my dad and his group done it. I mean, that that's all the only way I knew how to duck hunt. So. Yeah, I realized that's, that when I was, I was watching a video. I watched I haven't watched all of your videos. Um, or probably only watched about 25% of them, but I didn't even know of you guys until recently. I think that I actually made a comment like this is the first video of yours I've seen. I've watched more since then. And you guys were, I think it was like a green wing teal beat down or something. And you guys were in, there's quite a few guys in a blind, but there was a big group of teal that swung through it about 35, a couple of times and then ended up you guys not even getting shooting. And I don't know who it was. But one of the guys, a shot caller in the blind was kind of apologizing for it but making the same time saying well we just want them you know we want them down we want them down and that and that was when i was like okay these guys are like-minded it's like you know even in a big group because there's if you're a big group in a shot caller, there's a lot of pressure to, to call make a call at those swing birds but you know just the fact sure. that you guys the whole goal is not to shoot ducks the whole goal is to kill ducks right in the decoys and that's mm -hmm. just that's off you guys exactly um yeah that it's harder in that kind of situation, you know, when you're in a wide open field like that, it's hard to, to get them to do right at that particular spot you're talking about. It's just, it's always a struggle, mm -hmm. but I mean, the way I look at it is you could shoot them in the wrong way and kill one or two, but after you killed so many, I mean, that's not going to stick with you, but when you land the whole group and you really do it to them the right way, it, that's something that keeps you going back and that you remember forever, you know? Um, so it's worth the risk, I guess you could say to me, um, I'd rather risk not getting a shot and, you know, doing it in a memorable way versus, you know, killing four or five or two or three. Yeah. Yeah. Elliot's actually got a little bit of a nickname here lately. It's full choke outdoors. Uh -huh. So <laughs> uh -huh. there's even yeah. a song about it, but you know, um, <laughs> <laughs> I haven't heard. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll hook you up later on. Um, but yeah, no, that's definitely cool to hear about, about, um, you know, working a man. I'll say that I'm definitely not as conservative as Elliot. 
but I, I'm definitely more conservative than the average hunter, I would say. Um, but it's definitely hard. Sure, you're this. conservative enough that we can hunt together, and that's good. <laughs> that's all. That's all I ask for. Because yeah. I don't know if uh, you guys at Chasing Green have ever been a situation where you're hunting with someone you don't know that well, and their shot selection is just totally opposite of yours. That's a bad hunt day. Yeah. Oh, it it will ruin a hunt day. Uh, most of the guys now that we're older kind of are part of our core crew and they know the deal. Um, we do get some complaining sometimes because me and Glenn, <laughs> uh, when, when they're not quite finishing, you know, and we could have shot them, people start complaining after about the third group. But, like, man, we do it this way every day. What did you, what'd you expect? <laughs> you know? Yeah. So, yeah. But no, we, we've kind of got a core group now, and that's not as bad. But we've we've been a part of those hunts where you just kind of wish you hadn't even went because you're shoot, people want to shoot them at 60 yards or whatever, you know. Yeah, that's definitely a no-go. I would say it's definitely hard on the slow days not to shoot those passing shots for me. But I definitely, mm-hmm. you know, I'm not I'm not doing any 60-yard stuff, that's for sure. I just want to clarify when I was saying I'm – Less conservative yeah, than Elliot. Yeah. It means it, it's like I'm okay with shooting like 25 to 30 yard shots. But, uh, well, it's, <laughs> no, it's kind of one thing. No. It's one thing to do that on private or something like that. But when you're on public and you have groups all around you and you're doing that, I mean, not only are you hurting yourself, but you're hurting everybody around you. And so that's another reason why we don't do it. I mean, if we're going to shoot, we want to make sure we're shooting something that's worthy of shooting versus messing everybody else up. And I mean, here in Arkansas, it's, it's tight, packed tight with yeah. other hunters. So you got to kind of be somewhat respectful or at least try to be. So yeah, it definitely makes sense on that for sure. From that perspective. Well, there's always days when you have to, when you decide, Hey, they're not going to finish. So we're going to have to start taking them at 30. I mean, there's days mm-hmm. where we all do that, where they're not bad shots, but you just have to realize, well, on this day, we may have to change our shot selection a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> That's kind of our weakness for us, but because we usually wait too late and, uh-huh. <laughs> and then we should have been doing it earlier. But um, yeah, we, we have those days as well, but we don't like to do it, but we will. Now, Elliot, don't get upset when I'm going to tell another story about you. <laughs> we, as long we, as it's not a lie. We had one. We had a. I I don't tell lies. That's that's a lie right there. But <laughs> <laughs> we had one land in the decoys, and Elliot didn't let me shoot it. <laughs> Must have had a more Which one was that? I don't remember. You didn't have the camera rolling. You said we we're going to shoot our limit anyway. Oh yeah, I did. <laughs> well. I'm sure, I'm sure that, that uh, it was, a, I thought we were going to shoot our limit. I mean, you know, you've got those days you're like, okay, the limit's going to happen. Don't shoot that one. Let's get set up and do it right. Yeah. Yeah. On this particular hunt, just to give you a little, uh, um, a little background there, Jake. Uh, we had switched hole. We switched spots because our first hole froze up. We moved to where the birds were sitting, flushed them all up. And literally as we were like trying to set up, like birds were just landing on us and we shot it. We we shot some right, I think, and then you're like, oh, yeah, couple. Mm-hmm. You're like, let's get the the stuff rolling. I'm like standing there as like the green head lands in front of me at like ten yards, and I was like, it was all I could do to not pull the trigger. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> this fat winter January greenhead, and uh, but yeah, then the ice hole froze up on us. Like Elliot said, I mean, at that point we saw thousands of thousands of ducks, and we thought we we're gonna shoot the limit. So I'm just poking a little fun at Elliot. Um, <laughs> 
But yeah, let's go ahead and jump back a little bit. How how did you get started in duck hunting? Well, uh, I mentioned it earlier. My dad, he was a hardcore duck hunter, and that was kind of his passion and what he did. So for my first birthday, he had got me a duck call, so, and <laughs> by two or three, he was floating me out there on the decoy bag. So as long as I can remember, I've pretty well been going when I can with him and just kind of grew from there. Awesome. Definitely. I was very blessed though to have a dad that, that would take me every time he went. And that's key to getting kids involved, you know, and Has he... everywhere they went, they drug me along. Awesome. That's cool. For sure. And so, um, I guess, you know, kind of, kind of getting on that and, you know, I think that speaks a lot about the Arkansas duck hunting, how, how hardcore your dad, dad was getting you into it. But, uh, um, you know, give us a little bit of background. I mean, everybody's heard of stuck ark and Arkansas, the duck hunts, but let, let's hear about, um, Arkansas duck hunting. Man, it's a lot more diverse than people think. Um, a lot of people just think of the timber, but it's, it's a part of the culture here just as far as duck hunting as a whole. I mean, a lot of kids grew up like I did going it's before they could even walk, you know, it's, it's a part of a part of life here. And I mean, we, have over a hundred thousand duck hunters in the state it's a lot of duck hunters for such a small area but um it's great and a lot of it's kind of in a bad state right now uh in my opinion just because it's a lot of complaining and a lot of pointing fingers and a lot of we need to fix this and change that and but overall it's i mean it's awesome i, I love being from here and hunting here and the 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 amount of public land we got just from what i've heard from other people in other states we're very blessed to have a lot of natural rivers and things that ducks just have always used and we've taken advantage of that and we have a lot of public land to choose from so that's that's a, a great thing to have you know so do you do you prefer like the timber or the rice fields or what what do you prefer See what what we hunt the most, and this kind of changed since we started filming. Is really more what we call, I guess, swamp. Or you could call it a marsh, I guess. Well, it's more just beaver ponds, uh, buck brush, willows, um, dead timber, stuff like that. That's what I grew up hunting, and that's what me and Glenn have hunted for a long time. And we do hunt a lot of timber. We hunt rice fields and fields the least. So. I mean, we just don't hunt much private, and there's really no public, you know, field agricultural options in Arkansas. They're starting to do a program now where they're leasing rice fields for people to hunt, but um, we hunt, you know, fields maybe 5% of the time. Most of it is, like I said, those beaver stuff done by beavers and timber. That's pretty much the majority of our hunting. And that's what we like to do. Fields are just long shots and hard to get them to do right. Uh, we will do it when they're thick, but <laughs> we don't prefer to hunt fields. Gotcha. Yeah, I think uh, if I was ever to hunt in Arkansas, the the timber is you know, um, one of our questions we ask guests a lot is like what what is like your dream hunt or something you know something along those lines or, or what's your favorite mm-hmm. style of hunting. When we talk to a lot of these guys that have traveled all across the country. And, uh, uh, I mean, it's one of the main answers for sure. If not, 
90% of the time, maybe 75% of the time, um, it's the flooded timber. So something I've never experienced. And it's just, I think it just has that name where it's kind of something that's really, really specific to the Arkansas area, maybe some regions around it, um, where you guys can consistently get out on uh, those type of hunts compared to anywhere else in the country. So um, I think that's kind of the allure that a lot of people see um, in Arkansas. For sure. It's, it's special. And that's, that makes up probably at least 75% of all of our public land options. And we have a lot of timber, which I don't know if you have heard, there's a lot of controversy over that right now because of just flooding it over and over again. And they're realizing it's starting to cause a lot of damage. And yeah. so we're kind of in flux on that. Hopefully nothing drastic happens in the future. And we always have that opportunity, but um, I guess we'll just have to see. Um, so I guess the, the next thing to talk about on there, um, is the, the regulations they got. So didn't they imp- implement some type of <laughs> probably talking about angry people again, but, uh, some type of, um, regulation for out of state, uh, hunters and having just specific times that they could come opposed to any time of the year on state WMAs, they implemented that you can still come hunt private and you can still hunt national wildlife refuges or any federal land you just can't hunt state wmas but certain specific blocks that they've made for out-of-staters and just in all our experience i mean we travel all over state we don't see a big problem with that but i guess some people did i mean we we want people coming here it's good for the economy it's good i mean people should be able to experience this once in a lifetime deal you know and um like I said, it didn't hurt us any, so I don't really know where that came from. Uh, I'm sure it's from two of our bigger WMAs that get the most pressure. Um, a lot of those guys complain. And and we had, we just had several bad years in a row, and people are just starting to, we got to do something different, you know? Yeah. <laughs> it, yeah. And I think everybody, been, yeah. No, go on. Continue. <laughs> Sorry. No, I was just going to say the weather's not been bringing the ducks down, and and what ducks are here getting a lot of pressure, which we're not experiencing that. That's kind of one thing we're trying to do with our YouTube channel is if you get out there and you travel far enough, you work hard enough and just keep at it, you're going to run into them. And cause I mean, it's just whatever you look at Facebook or anything, just people are constantly complaining and kind of like everything you see going on everywhere else in the world is kind of infiltrated duck hunting as well. So yeah, people are just divided and complaining and, it's unfortunate, but we're trying to show that just get out there and do your thing and you'll be okay. Yeah, for sure. So, yeah, I guess, um, you know, one, one thing that kind of stands out in your videos, um, is at the intro, you always have some type of scripture verse. And I would say that's, uh, more and more becoming more and more less, less, uh, accepted and less, um, I guess popular. I don't know if that's the right word in today's world. So I guess, uh, you want to share your thoughts on that? Sure, man. Yeah. I was just super lost until I was about 21, 22. And I had a buddy that kept speaking the gospel to me. And before I was saved, I real ran real hard in the opposite direction. And I'm a kind of a guy of extremes. So when I, 
come to Christ, I ran real hard in his direction and we kind of devote, I mean, we feel like this whole thing's God. Me and Glenn talked about that. We kind of gave this YouTube channel and everything to him. So, uh, we devote the first, you know, the first little bit of your video is the best part. That's where you got the most viewers. So we give the first and the best to him and try to do all we can through the rest, whether it be talking about it or something of that nature. But, it's it's very important to us, and without that aspect, I mean, I don't even think we'd be doing it because that's one of our main goals is just to, I guess, just shine a light and just be that good example. We have a lot of people that uh, comment to us and say, you know, our whole family can watch your stuff. There's not a lot of cussing and this and that. We really appreciate it. So we kind of just want to be that because, like you said, there's not a lot of it out there anymore. And it's hard for to find content that everybody in the family can watch and come together over. And we're super pumped and hyped to be able to provide that. And hopefully we can continue to do that. That's definitely something that is, that is needed. And it's great to see from you guys channel. Honestly, Jordan, I've talked about this a lot. There's, there's bad influence all over on YouTube and that's on and off the waterfowl community. Um, but some of what is being taught to our young waterfowlers is, is not what we would consider the right way you should do it. And you guys are doing that. And then you add in the scripture that you guys are adding and you guys are just welcome addition to the YouTube waterfowl community. I'll say that. Man, we, we really appreciate it. That's the, the kind of feedback we really, you know, care about. And it's so awesome to hear and, we just really appreciate it, the kind words. And uh, I totally agree with you, though. It's a, a landscape littered with stuff I wouldn't want my kids watching or my young duck hunter growing up, you know, seeing. And there's definitely other good examples out there, though. We like Joel Strickland, and, you know, he's a, a good guy. And there's a lot of good guys. Y'all are good guys. And hopefully we can. He's a good Christian man, too. That's that's what I've gathered from watching him and you can you can just kind of see it coming through in them, you know. And um, so hopefully we can fill that void and teach the next generation how to at least do it somewhat in the proper way. Yeah. Yeah, and that's another thing that Elliot and I have talked about too, kind of with, with that and in duck hunting, and there's a lack of mentorship. And really, it, you know, that kind of stuff even starts out beyond duck hunting as far as, you know, a person's character and, and moral fiber. But, um, you know, as, as well as that with duck hunting, I think there's more and more duck hunters that don't start out how you started out um, with your dad teaching you the way of duck hunting. And, um, you know, there's just less of that. So it is really cool to see um, good examples of people um, duck hunting the the the. I don't know if you want to call it the right way or, <laughs> or, uh, but you know, um, sure. Yeah. Yeah. I, I totally agree, man. It, that's one of the great things of YouTube. It, it offers that educational, you know, opportunity to people who otherwise wouldn't be able to get it. I think Dr. Duck and his crew do a good job of that, teaching people to be respectful on public land and do it the right way. And, and I'm sure it's, it's got to be having a positive impact and hopefully, which, you know, it's not as bad as some people make it out to be, in my opinion, on public ground. But 
Um, you hear horror stories, especially in Arkansas, of just crazy incidents with people. But we've been very blessed to not ever have that. I mean, as long as you're respectful to people and you you know, treat people how you'd want to be treated and not come from an angry perspective right off the bat like some people do. It kind of de-escalate things and you can work together instead of working apart. I mean, yeah. here you, you have a lot of that competition vibe and and that's that's okay and we're okay with that, but it's, it, it's always better to work together versus, you know, um, getting into arguments and fights out there on the water like you hear about sometimes. I don't know if y'all have those problems where y'all are from, but um, there's some been some wars go down (laughs) in Arkansas. (laughs) Kind of touching on that respect thing you're saying. I mean, I definitely think it's important for all of us to lean hard in the respect, like towards the respect way, especially with what we're seeing going on nowadays in culture which is weird to say, but that's the truth where it's the exact opposite where there's zero respect in what you're seeing going going on around the country right now, for sure. So it's like, do we ever want to see that in duck hunting community? Like let's do our best to lean hard the other way because we don't want to see, we don't want to see that. (laughs) Absolutely not. I totally agree. Um, I mean, it's, it's really, you got to come from the, from the thought process that we're all kind of on the same team here and mm-hmm. we don't need infighting, whether that be on big issues or just out there in the field. I mean, mm-hmm. at well, least in our opinion. Yeah, definitely agree with that. I have to rain Elliot in on a lot of stuff. So, you know. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, let's go ahead and jump on into the lightning round. So, Lightning round, quick questions, oh quick answers, helps us get to know you better as a duck hunter. And we haven't done this for a while on the podcast, but I'm sure all our longtime listeners remember this one. So let's go ahead and jump right into it. So what kind of gun do you shoot? Beretta, A300. And what kind of ammo? Uh, Federal speed shot. And what size shot for ducks? Typically number threes. And what size shot for geese? Uh, number twos. And uh, do you shoot uh, two and three quarter, three inch, or uh, three and a half inch shells? Three inch. Uh, beard or no beard? Beard. Face paint or face mask? Neither, typically. Um, let's see. But if I had to pick face paint. <laughs> Favorite terrain to hunt or favorite uh, area type of type of hunting? Uh, dead timber that's been killed by beavers. Okay. Um, Elliot, what am I missing choke. on here? <laughs> what, what choke is he running? Oh, yeah. What choke are you running? This is you answer with care. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Pattern master. <laughs> uh, well, uh, as far as uh, what restriction oh. level? Full. Cool. There you go. <laughs> and uh, you're gonna get you're getting yourself in he some hot water. almost got every here. answer right on the speed round. Almost every answer he got correct. <laughs> <laughs> what I miss? It's all right. We'll, we'll get back. Let's finish the lightning round and then we'll get to it. Um, spinner, no spinner. <laughs> I can't use spinners in Arkansas, so no really? spinner. I didn't know that. At least on public ground. New new fact for me today. No um, electronic decoys whatsoever. 
Awesome. Um, so you use jerk rig? Yeah. Motion ducks? Yeah, just jerk rigs and standard decoys. Okay. Kicking the water. Cool. Um, Elliot, what am I missing from there? Anything? Anything? I think you got it. I think you got it. All right. Um, real quick, I'm pausing the podcast recording, but I need to give a shout out because I just got my first super chat in the live stream from Elliot and then followed it up by the Alaskan Viking. So big shout out to you. Um, Chief needs some mac and cheese. I don't think he's ever had some, but <laughs> I will uh, take that super chat and buy him some mac and cheese. <laughs> so, uh, you got a video of it. And put it on Fellowship of the Duck. There we go. Stay tuned for some mac and cheese. I'll even eat some too. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, jumping back into it. So, um, I got a question for him. I'm, I'm curious about. We got we got to talk about this full choke first, though, Elliot. Is that the question? Okay. No. So it's it's like uh, you ever seen like Tekken or whatever, like any of those fighting games? Just Elliot and and uh, Jake now in their fighting stances. So. Uh, Elliot is a huge proponent of shooting um, skeet choke or less. Like he, sometimes he even unscrews his choke and just takes it out of the gun. Um, so oh, there's a lie. There's a lie. It's <laughs> <laughs> lied. I don't think he never lied. Right there. <laughs> when it's that obvious, does it really count as a lie when everyone knows that you're what you're saying? <laughs> is it true? I'm just curious. So <laughs> probably not. Um, but yeah. So Elliot loves shooting as wide open of a pattern as possible because he loves getting the birds in close and you love getting mm-hmm. in the birds in close as well, but you shoot a full choke. So let's go ahead and we're putting you in the hot seat. So um, what's your reasoning for the full choke? Well, we've always hunted in bigger groups um, as far as hunters, at least four or five usually. And me and Glenn both kind of shoot the high birds, even though we're getting them in there close on a big group, you'll have some rotten decoys and some a little further back. And I've just always shot the ones or tried to anyway, shoot the higher birds and the ones getting out. And I just, I've shot other chokes before and I don't like chasing cripple greenheads <laughs> and, and a full choke kind of eliminates that for us most of the time. Gotcha. So that's kind of our reasoning for it. So, but we've never heard that that reason for a full choke. That's a, that's interesting. Yeah, that I will say. I say that the, first the first time that I hunted in a big group was in Arkansas this year. I went to Joel Strickland's Lodge, and uh, I mean, we typically in my life it's been a group of two, and four for me feels big, and uh, five and six is like around here. I won't hunt five. Uh, every, every now and then, if I have to, but like maybe once a year, I just it just is too big, and so being down in Arkansas and hunting with Joel and and um, having six guns in a blind, I can totally relate to what you're saying, shooting the high birds. The problem I had was they say, you know, it's like as soon as they say take them, I feel like you have to be a quick shot McGraw to shoot a bird. And so I end up rushing my shot and missing. And so I can totally get what you're saying about picking birds like that. Yeah, it, it helps. It, it, you know, you need a couple guys in the group doing that. I don't know what it is about Arkansas, but that's, probably average group size i'd say six i mean we've hunted 12 before you know it's it's just i guess it's how it's always been done but you need a couple guys shooting those high birds and because all most people are going to go for those pretty ones right in the middle <laughs> and, uh, yeah you mm-hmm. don't need everybody going there you know yeah 
That's that's an uh, interesting perspective for sure. So do you stick with the full choke when it's just like a two man hunt or um, I do. Okay. I do. Uh pretty much all the time, man. It's it does everything I need it to. Uh, people don't like it, but we water swat a lot, so <laughs> <laughs> we just you know, it's not it's not a problem when you shoot them in the head. Yep. But that's true. So I we honestly not, uh, we spent a lot of time on that topic of water swatting. And we are not anti. We don't do it a ton, but we're not anti water swatting. Man, I always just say it's like the sport to me is not shooting him, it's tricking him. And if I can get him in the decoys, that's my goal. Once he's in there, I'm ready to to take care of him as efficiently as possible. <laughs> and that's the most efficient yeah. way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. But we get we get a little bit of hate on it every once in a while. But. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, but kind of on that full choke thing, I, I will kind of, you know, say that I, I've honestly I took Elliot's lead on that. I mean, he's been somewhat of a mentor to me um, in my duck hunting. So um, for the majority of my hunting career, I've I've done the modified uh, game, and then last year a little bit, I kind of experimented with full choke and. I mean, I still feel like I don't 100% know what I'm going to do as far as, like, I had a stretch where I'm like, man, full choke's awesome. Like, I had a few birds I, I just plastered, you know, dead, like you said, dead as a doornail. Um, but then yeah. it's like I started missing. <laughs> I'm like, well, maybe I need a modified. So, I don't know. <laughs> I really don't know like yet. I'm getting used to it for sure, man, at least a whole season on it. Yeah. Um, it, it changes, you know, pretty pretty much everything about your sheet. I feel like if you have a full choke in, you have to really understand your pattern, your pattern a little bit better. Cause it feels like when I have a full choke in it, sh- my gun shoots like a little low and left. And I don't have to really worry about that as much with like a modified, you just aim on the bird. But if you get a bird at 10 mm-hmm. yards and you're not aiming low and left or, or counteracting for that, you know, aiming high and right, then like you're going to miss the bird. <laughs> so, um, yeah. Yeah. I totally agree. You got to have your mechanics and know your pattern in those full chokes. But once you get it down, he's not getting out of there. Yep. Yep. <laughs> so it might be interesting, Jordan. I, I keep track of lots of data on my hunting. So I know how many ducks I've shot, how many I've lost, what my shooting percentage is. And I know all of the numbers um, of my last 10, 11, 12 years. And so it would be interesting if I did full choke um, for an entire season just to see difference because I can I the last two years I've only lost two ducks each of the two last two years so I, I just don't lose ducks hardly at all and so and I start I, I typically run a modified full season um, I have shot improved during teal season with no problems but I tend to go up like we shot sixes this last year during teal season and then. Um, move down for big duck but every, every chart that i have seen um as far as a modified you know it's highly effective up over 40 yards and it's highly effective you know down down to 20 15 yards and uh, the full choke if you if you believe the data that that are creating all these charts the 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 diameter of a full choke under 20 yards is just not not ideal that doesn't mean you can't kill them it doesn't mean people don't but just mathematically speaking from all the research i've done it shows that your modified is going to be more highly effective from 15 to 35 than a, than a full choke is and so that that's why 
I'm so staunch about not going away from a full choke because I need some someone to prove it to me other than, well, I don't want to wound them because I don't have problems losing birds. I just don't. Yeah, so that's kind of where I sit. I'll say I think that the a big difference too is I mean having dogs and I mean you did have a sample size there with your dog not being not having a dog for part of your season last year and then but like for um Jake you guys don't hunt with a dog right We used to but just haven't been and we still do sometimes when one of our buddies has one but we just haven't been in a position to to get one and train him and do all the things you got to do, but no, here recently we haven't. Yeah, because that brings chasing birds to a whole new level when you don't have a dog doing it for you. <laughs> well, the terrain we're in also is just brutal as far as chasing cripples, whether it be these dead ends I'm talking about that's full of smart weed and, and you know, this knee-deep muck, you're not getting him if he's getting out of there. And the timber, I mean, if he goes down 30 yards, you can't see him anymore. Um you know, if he's in some thick stuff. So it's kind of a different deal than when you're, you know, in a field or more wide open or a river where he can, he's going to stay in those banks, you know? Yeah. Um, but we don't have a big time problem with cripples. We just, like I said, we've, we've been on some, some chases through the, through the timber on some. <laughs> oh yeah. Awesome. Um, but I agree with Elliot. Um, if you're shooting them mainly 15 to 30, I mean, you probably definitely do better with a modified. Um, I'm more of a believer in the pattern master than I am a fool. Um, pattern master, whatever, whatever you want to shoot. But I'm a big believer in those. Um, they've changed my hunting game or my shooting game more than anything. Mm. Um, I wouldn't, couldn't dream of not shooting those, you know, ever again. Hmm. Yeah, I've always used just my standard choke, so maybe I'll have to look into something, something different. Yeah, the pattern rashers, like, what drew me in, you know, the only thing, they're the only ones that are truly different, at least from what I was saying, is they sh- shorten your shot string. So, like, most standard ch- chokes are stringing your shot string out 15, 20 yards, or 15, 20 feet, I should say, and pattern master sorting down to five, 10 feet. So your whole pattern's hitting him at the same time. And you can, you can tell a big difference when you compare the two, like shooting a cripple in the water, a, a typical, so, you know, is going to have shells in a much longer range than a pattern master. It's all mm-hmm. going to hit in the same place. Hmm. Um, it's, it's, it, I could tell it a, a huge difference when I started shooting it, but it's definitely not for everybody. Cause that short sh- shot string, also gives you less room for error. Yeah, you'd, <laughs> you'd see that on like passing shots. It might be harder because like you think about a, a a string, you know, going across there. It's like them running into like a a bed sheet or something. You know, when you have that whole yeah. If you're off a little bit, that it's still got more coming behind it to yeah to back you up. Mm-hmm. Definitely an inter- interesting way to look at it. Looking at it, so well, you got a. You got uh, something you want to add on here? No, I, I don't think so. It's a good discussion. No, awesome. I'm good. Well, I think that that wraps up um, kind of what I had on the outline to talk about. Um, I'm gonna give you this time here, Jake. To any last words you want to say, and um, along with that, you know, let everyone know where they can um, find you on social media as far as you know uh, anything you got going on, Instagram, YouTube, 
uh, you name it. And uh, we really appreciate you coming on. Definitely a lot of fun talking talking about Arkansas duck hunting. And, um, you know, hopefully someday I'll make it out at some point and get on one of these flooded timber hunts I've been hearing so much about. So uh, I'll hand it off to you now. Well, I sure appreciate you guys having me on. And um, y'all are more than welcome anytime y'all want to come get in the timber just give us a shout and we'll try to make something happen but now everybody can find us on youtube at chasing green obviously and then also on instagram at underscore chasing green underscore and hopefully we'll have more content coming over the summer and then back with the duck videos in october november area awesome we're hoping to make some trips this year and get uh maybe in north dakota and oklahoma and start out a little earlier than normal and so hopefully those would be good videos good stuff that's well if you make it through kansas let me know because we're september october we're all into it for sure man yeah that's definitely one of my bucket lists is in that area so maybe we can make something happen that'd be great All right, folks, thanks again for joining in for another one. I'm going to go ahead and sign off here. I'm Jordan from Duckin Chronicles, Elliot from Freelance Duck Hunting, and Jake from Tracing Green, and we'll see you guys on the next one.